Selections from the Dolorous Passion of Our Lord Jesus Christ From the Visions of Blessed Anne Catherine Emmerich Continuing Chapter 5 A Glance at Jerusalem The Roman soldiers took no part in what was going on. They did not understand the excited feelings of the people, but their sentinels were doubled, their cohorts drawn up, and they kept a strict lookout. This indeed was customary at the time of the Paschal Solemnity, on account of the vast number of strangers who were then assembled together. The Pharisees endeavored to avoid the neighborhood of the sentinels, for fear of being questioned by them, and of contracting defilement by answering their questions. The high priests had sent a message to Pilate, intimating the reasons for stationing soldiers round Ophel and Zion. But he mistrusted their intentions, as much ill-feeling existed between the Romans and the Jews. He could not sleep, but walked about during the greatest part of the night, hearkening to the different reports and issuing orders consequent on what he heard. His wife slept, but her sleep was disturbed by frightful dreams, and she groaned and wept alternately. In no part of Jerusalem did the arrest of Jesus produce more touching demonstrations of grief than among the poor inhabitants of Ophel, the greatest part of whom were day laborers, and the rest principally employed in menial offices in the service of the temple. The news came unexpectedly upon them. For some time they doubted the truth of the report, and wavered between hope and fear. But the sight of their master, their benefactor, their consoler, dragged through the streets, torn, bruised, and ill-treated in every imaginable way, filled them with horror. And their grief was still further increased by beholding his afflicted mother wandering about from street to street, accompanied by the holy women, and endeavoring to obtain some intelligence concerning her divine son. These holy women were often obliged to hide in corners and under doorways for fear of being seen by the enemies of Jesus. But even with these precautions, they were oftentimes insulted and taken for women of bad character. Their feelings were frequently harrowed by hearing the malignant words and triumphant expressions of the cruel Jews, and seldom very seldom did a word of kindness or pity strike their ears. They were completely exhausted before reaching their place of refuge, but they endeavored to console and support one another and wrapped thick, thick veils over their heads. When at last seated, they heard a sudden knock at the door and listened breathlessly. The knock was repeated, but softly. Therefore they made certain that it was no enemy, and yet they opened the door cautiously, fearing a stratagem. It was indeed a friend, and they eagerly questioned him, but received no consolation from his word. Therefore, unable to rest quiet any longer, they issued forth and walked about for a time, and then again returned to their place of refuge, still more heartbroken than before. The majority of the apostles, overcome with terror, were wandering about among the valleys which surround Jerusalem, and at times took refuge in the caverns beneath Mount Olivet. They started if they came in contact with one another, spoke in trembling tones, and separated on the least noise being heard. First they concealed themselves in one cave, and then in another. 
Next, they endeavored to return to the town, while some of their number climbed to the top of Mount Olivet and cast anxious glances at the torches, the light of which they could see glimmering at and about Zion. They listened to every distant sound, made a thousand different conjectures, and then returned to the valley in hopes of getting some certain intelligence. The streets in the vicinity of Caiaphas's tribunal were brightly illuminated with lamps and torches, but as the crowds gathered around it, the noise and confusion continued to increase. Mingling with these discordant sounds might be heard the bellowing of the beasts which were tethered on the outside of the walls of Jerusalem and the plaintive bleeding of the lambs. There was something most touching in the bleeding of these lambs, which were to be sacrificed on the following day in the temple. The one lamb alone, who was about to be offered a willing sacrifice, opened not his mouth, like a sheep in the hands of the butcher, which resists not, or the lamb which is silent before the shearer. And that lamb was the lamb of God, the lamb without spot, the true paschal lamb, Jesus Christ himself. The sky looked dark, gloomy, and threatening. The moon was red and covered with livid spots. It appeared as if dreading to reach its full, because its creator was then to die. Next I cast a glance outside the town, and near the south gate I beheld the traitor, Judas Iscariot, wandering about, alone and prey to the torches of his guilty conscience. He feared even his own shadow, and was followed by many devils, who endeavored to turn his feelings of remorse into black despair. Thousands of evil spirits were busying themselves in all parts, tempting men first to one sin and then to another. It appeared as if the gates of hell were flung open, and Satan madly striving and exerting his whole energies to increase the heavy load of iniquities which the Lamb without spot had taken upon himself. The angels wavered between joy and grief. They desired ardently to fall prostrate before the throne of God and to obtain permission to assist Jesus. But at the same time, they were filled with astonishment and could only adore that miracle of divine justice and mercy which had existed in heaven for all eternity and was now about to be accomplished. For the angels believed, like us, in God the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, who began on this night to suffer under Pontius Pilate, and the next day was to be crucified, to die, and be buried, descend into hell, rise again on the third day, ascend into heaven, be seated at the right hand of God the Father Almighty, and from thence come to judge the living and the dead. They likewise believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and life everlasting. Chapter 6 Jesus Before Annas It was towards midnight when Jesus reached the palace of Annas, and his guards immediately conducted him into a very large hall, where Annas, 
surrounded by 28 counselors, was seated on a species of platform raised a little above the level of the floor and placed opposite to the entrance. The soldiers who first arrested Jesus now dragged him roughly to the foot of the tribunal. The room was quite full between soldiers, the servants of Annas, a number of the mob who had been admitted, and the false witnesses who afterwards adjourned to Caiaphas's hall. Annas was delighted at the thought of our Lord being brought before him and was looking out for his arrival with the greatest impatience. The expression of his countenance was most repulsive, as it showed in every lineament not only the infernal joy with which he was filled, but likewise all the cunning and duplicity of his heart. He was the president of a species of tribunal instituted for the purpose of examining persons accused of teaching false doctrines, and if convicted there, they were then taken before the high priest. Jesus stood before Annas. He looked exhausted and haggard. His garments were covered with mud, his hands manacled, his head bowed down, and he spoke not a word. Annas was a thin, ill-humored-looking old man with a scraggy beard. His pride and arrogance were great, and as he seated himself, he smiled ironically, pretending that he knew nothing at all and that he was perfectly astonished at finding that the prisoner, whom he had just been informed was to be brought before him, was no other than Jesus of Nazareth. Is it possible, said he, that thou art Jesus of Nazareth? Where are thy disciples, thy numerous followers? Where is thy kingdom? I fear affairs have not turned out as thou didst expect. The authorities, I presume, discovered that it was quite time to put a stop to thy conduct, disrespectful as it was towards God and his priests, and to such violations of the Sabbath. What disciples hast thou now? Where are they all gone? Thou art silent. Speak out, seducer. Speak out, thou inciter of rebellion. Didst thou not eat the paschal lamb in an unlawful manner, at an improper time, and in an improper place? Dost thou not desire to introduce new doctrines? Who gave thee the right of preaching? Where didst thou study? Speak. What are the tenets of thy religion? Jesus then raised his weary head, looked at Annas, and said, I have spoken openly to the world. I have always taught in the synagogue and in the temple whither all the Jews resort, and in secret I have spoken nothing. Why askest thou me? Ask them who have heard what I have spoken unto them. Behold, they know what things I have said. At this answer of Jesus, the countenance of Annas flushed with fury and indignation. A base menial who was standing near perceived this, and he immediately struck our Lord on the face with his iron gauntlet, exclaiming at the same moment, Answerest thou the high priest so? Jesus was so nearly prostrated by the violence of the blow, that when the guards likewise reviled and struck him, he fell down, and blood trickled from his face on the floor. Laughter, insults, and bitter words resounded through the hall. The archers dragged him roughly up again, and he mildly answered, If I have spoken evil, 
give testimony of the evil. But if well, why strikest thou me? This has been taken from The Dolorous Passion of Our Lord Jesus Christ from the Visions of Blessed Anne Catherine Emmerich published by Tan Books. For more information, call 1-800-437-5876 or find them on the web at www.tanbooks.com This work is in the public domain. This has been Christian Classics with Teresa Hofer. Listen every Monday through Friday at this time as Teresa continues her great readings and selections from classic Christian literature. Right here on the Ave Maria Radio Network. News and talk for Catholic and other Christians. <laughs> 